Hi, and welcome to the Pink Sheep Tales podcast. Pink Sheep Tales? What's this all about, I hear you ask? Well, the name is based on the old saying, Black Sheep of the Family, and Tales, T-A-L-E-S, is a play on words because we'll be hearing people's life stories. So through this podcast, I'm so excited to be able to share these remarkable stories from inspirational children and adults with you. These everyday people are building amazing businesses, excelling in their careers, exceptional in their industries, choosing unique career paths, and all in the name of living their best life. My goal is to encourage listeners to follow their passions and be inspired by our pink sheep who have and are doing just that. So let's do it. Let's open the gate and hear this week's Pink Sheep Tale. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Pink Sheep Tales. I'm so excited to introduce my guest today because she's a really lovely lady that I've known through socially and through business. And she's just really a great personality and so lovely and kind. And I'm really appreciative that she's given me her time today to do this interview. So I'll introduce her first. Hey, Yvette. Hello. How are you going? I'm very well, thanks. Oh, good. You've had a little pampering session this morning. I have. I've got my special Hello Kitty leopard print nails Mm -hmm. in red and black. Loving it. (laughs) Loving it. They look awesome. I've asked you to be my guest today because you're in a very unique industry. You're in a male-dominated industry and your official title is Senior Signaling Engineer. Yeah. So every time I see you, we have a little talk about work and everything. It's really interesting to me because it was a field that I had never heard about before Mm -hmm. and until you and I started talking about it, I was like, oh, so interesting, so interesting. And I know you really enjoy your work and now it can be busy and trying at times but it's something that you found very fulfilling yeah um so I thought everyone must hear your story what do you want to know about this and it's very we were talking before that during the podcast we'll have a discussion about um things happening with university degrees in engineering for females yeah so it's very poignant that we have this little chat this week so is it Hot topic. Hot Women to- in engineering is something I care a lot about. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk to some different people about it. Oh, no, thank you, thank you. So, shall I give you a bit of a an introduction to, like, what my what my job is about? Yes, please. So, um, I remember I, I explained this to a small child once, and he says, what do you do for a job? And I said it was the traffic lights for trains. Mm-hmm. So um, what I do is I design circuitry and programming, which um, controls the traffic lights, which train drivers see, which controls the rail network. So I have a computer systems engineering degree, um, but you can also get into railway signaling with an electrical engineering degree. And I've also noticed now that... Um, with the way that some of our railway signalling is going, that some people in civil um, background degrees are also getting into railway signalling because there's a lot of programming required that is based on 
things like gradients and speed curves and um, train braking. So um, there's a couple of different engineering disciplines which are all sort of feeding into the same field at the moment. Okay. So how long have you been in that role? Um, so I've been at my current job almost a year. Mm-hmm. So I think I've got a couple more weeks to go. And then I was planning to bake a cake <laughs> to celebrate. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> um, but I've been working as an engineer for 11 years. Um, and before that, when I was at university, I was a software programmer. So I think I've been working in like an engineering field for, I think, 13 or 14 years. Wow. And so um, it's really interesting to find out, particularly these unique industries, mm. how you came about finding out about engineering or um, deciding to take that path? So um, I, so my father is an electrical engineer and his, his area of expertise was communications and SCADA and SCADA is the monitoring system for um, like uh, electrical, well sort of uh, electrical equipment and well, in his industry, it was electrical equipment because it was ergon. But you can monitor other sorts of equipment with SCADA as well. So, like, if you had an industrial plant, you would also be able to monitor um, all of your equipment remotely with with a SCADA system. But I, at, at high school, I did IT and science subjects. Um, did you find you naturally gravitated to those? Well, um, I found that... They were easy and I found them satisfying, but that's not to say that I didn't enjoy other things as well. Um, Like I was heavily involved in music and I danced and I did drama, but um, I guess I sort of found it probably more satisfying than most people to do calculus. So maybe (laughs) that does mean that I gravitated towards it because do most people hate maths? Maybe Maybe the fact that I didn't hate maths probably means I gravitated towards it. Yes, and it could, it, it could <laughs> like, be. I really like integrating. Maybe that does mean that I. Well, I, I think whatever you, you succeed at, you love. Yeah. And I think it might be a typical, uh, oh, kids hate maths. Kids hate maths, yeah. you know. So, yeah. Yeah. Probably wasn't mine. So, yeah. So, I, I, in, I enjoyed the subjects mm. that I studied and so I ended up in an engineering degree, probably probably because my father knew what it entailed, and 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 kind of had a feeling that I would succeed in it because of the kind of person that I was or the kind of aptitude that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I studied at James Cook University, which was in my hometown in Townsville. Um, and as I might've mentioned before, I did a computer systems engineering degree, which is a little bit different to like our, your sort of traditional fields, which are probably like civil engineering, um, electrical, uh, mechanical and chemical. Um, so computer systems is a little bit like a mix between, uh, software programming and electrical hardware. Um, so I 
didn't have much of an interest in power generation, mm-hmm. um, but I was more interested in software programming. So this degree suited me quite well. So did you find in high school and university, were you one of few females? Yeah, so um, we had quite a small math C class anyway. And so there were maybe like 13 or 15 of us. And then only three of us were female. Um, And then again, in our university class, it was quite small again and almost exactly the same numbers. There were like maybe between 15 and 20 of us and there were like three or four girls because um one of the girls dropped out in the duration of our course so I graduated with two other women and was it something like were you conscious of we are yeah I remember I was a little bit cheeky about it I (laughs) gave my thesis presentation because one of my uh classmates was doing a dual degree she didn't graduate that year so she wasn't giving her presentation that day I actually said good morning lady and gentlemen (laughs) and you could hear this like murmur of people like what is that what is is she saying and they made a point of the fact that there was only one woman in the room so there were no women lecturers for our thesis presentation and there was one other woman in my class because the other one was um doing a dual degree and wasn't presenting that day and I remember being a bit cheeky about it (laughs) by saying that yeah but had you spoken to her about there's only two of us um not really because I think I at that point I was still in the kind of mindset that feminists were overreacting because I hadn't personally experienced any discrim- uh, any gender-based discrimination. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, people are overreacting. Why would anyone think that because you have a vagina you couldn't do maths? <laughs> like, it was just so absurd to me mm. that people would actually think that, that I didn't think it was a big deal. So I was like, I was treating it like a joke the fact that there wasn't anyone else here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we didn't think it was a massive deal, the fact. And because our classmates were actually really nice guys, they weren't um, they weren't awful to us. They didn't, like, play pranks on us or, like, and we were never, like, excluded from anything on the basis of gender, so it kind of, it wasn't... Just wasn't something... It it just wasn't, yeah, and it wasn't a big deal, but also, we're also quite stressed, and (laughs) um, I think getting our assignments done was probably more more of a worry than how many legs people's chromosomes had in our graduating class. Mm. Um, But when... When we did um, enter our in our first year, they did make a nice effort of like getting us all together, all of the women in the first year cohort of across all of the disciplines, all of the engineering disciplines, and they they um, spoke with us and they fed us pizza and they um, offered us like support and stuff, um, which was 
sort of nice. So um, what did they say to you? Congratulations on making good choice. Let us know if you have any problems. Um, we're here to help. Um, and there should be no reason why anyone like picks on you. Um, and it wasn't just like, you know, but it, and it never was anything sensible. Like, don't forget, don't wear an underwire bra (laughs) on site when you're doing a high voltage power changeover. Cause that is actually something useful, which no one had ever told me before Mm -hmm. that, which is actually really concerning. Um, oh, so just, just on a random tangent. Yes, tell me about (laughs) So there is, there's a concept where, um, if you, if you're doing like a higher voltage switching for a very large transformer and it's maybe a bit dusty and it's a bit humid and you're very unlucky, you might end up having something called an arc flash, which is basically a giant explosion where the air is ionized. Your your skin is going to melt. It's a giant explosion. It's horrible. Basically, any metal that you have on your body is now going to be part of your skin. So the clothing that you're issued on site in places where you're doing stuff like this doesn't have any metal in it. Mm -hmm. And people would then assume that you wouldn't have any other metal on you. But if you're a woman wearing a bra, there's going to be extra metal on you. And maybe your supervisor wouldn't actually tell you that that's something that you need to be aware of. But I have seen actually a couple of articles since I have no longer been working in a mine where I would be exposed to that that have said it. So maybe it's more commonplace now. Yeah. But it's just like that's just not something that people widely know because it's a pretty niche thing already technically and that it's an extra niche thing that women who work in that niche thing would then need to know. Yeah. That's just another that's, well, <laughs> it's yeah, just I another would, weird thing. Yeah, I never would have thought that. And yeah. Like now. So you'd have to be fairly unlucky to have that happen to you and then also be a woman wearing an underwire bra at the same time. Um so But it's something But I mean it's also the consider. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Oh gosh. So how did you come to did you just rationally go hello yeah I think I was um I think I was at a course about some sort of electrical protection stuff and I'm like oh so if you can't have coins in your pockets I guess that means you shouldn't have any other metal on your body either like bras (laughs) what did the instructor say I think I just said this in my head. Oh, oh. <laughs> if it was a I don't think I would have said the word bra in a um, presentation. Uh, you know, um, I don't think I would have raised my hand <laughs> to say something about women's underwear mm. in a course. But it is a good point. It is a good point. Good point that you make. And if it, maybe if it was a man presenting, he just would never have come across this before. Well, that's that's one of the things is that um, there's a lot of issues which are maybe 
not really inclusive. It's like the number of emails that I get, or at least I used to get in some of the teams that I was in, which would be like, good morning, gents, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, yeah, I know you're not really meaning to be offensive about this. And it's because you don't have to think about this. And I know you don't have to think about this, but I have to think about it every day. And every time I feel like I'm not part of your team, and then I start to get cheeky about things. And I say, well, I guess I'm not following this instruction because it's not directed at me. (laughs) And then they start to correct the things. (laughs) Yeah, but it's good to approach things in it lightheartedly to start definitely i think it is often taken a bit more definitely yeah it's things are accepted more when they're less feminazi and more jovial that's right that's right so if we go back to sorry too many tangents that's all right that's right very never would have thought about bras and engineering (laughs) being an issue but um so we were talking about um in high school and yes. uni, that you were a minority, and yeah. did you? How did you feel about that? Were so like, oh, I, so when I was at university, I kind of didn't think too much about it. Um, the men that I went to university with were great, like my, and generally my peers continue to be great, and it's usually people of the sort of more established generation that have some like different ideas about. Um, maybe like the limitations of women or um, like what things should be like maybe that their focus should be different Um, or perhaps that or or it's that sort of like overlooking like um, for example I was at a, a site where they had changed one of the women's bathrooms to be another male change house and that meant that I couldn't couldn't be transferred to that department and I'm just like um hi I'm here have you overlooked the fact that you have any female staff and I would have been totally fine with using a unisex bathroom but the fact that it was branded men means that I needed to stay out so was that in mining yeah Mm. and did they like how many other women were working in your area um maybe three it's this this magic number of three oh I always have I always have two friends like a witch's coven (laughs) just we just travel in threes, <laughs> cursing the patriarchy as we go. <laughs> well, that's really interesting because, so what happened? You couldn't go to that Yeah, so I just department. never worked in that department and I ended up leaving. Oh. What a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> so um, if we could probably just go straight on to that article that I'd yeah. mentioned. So I'd heard it on the radio, but I yep. think it's been floating around. A little bit that um, what a university in New South Wales has announced that they're lowering the requirements for females to enter engineering and IT com- and computer degrees. Okay. Um. So 
it was actually a young guy who's doing the engineering degree. I think he was in his fourth year. Yeah. And from that university and he called up and he said, you know, he brought it to the attention of the um, radio presenter yep. and they're having a little talk about it. So I thought, this is great. I'm, I have a female <laughs> engineer right in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to hear, like, your opinion on this. Um, and, yeah, we can have a little discussion about it. So um, I think that some of the reasons that they give people extra – now, I can't remember the name of the acronym that they use in New South Wales, but um, they give people extra points under extenuating circumstances to boost their scores – for university entrance under certain circumstances to do with um, illness or um, what do they call it, like um, social disadvantages, for example, like homelessness or socioeconomic um, misfortunes and things like that, which which really does make sense because there would definitely be a correlation between your academic performance um if and or, or your decline in academic performance and if you had had an illness um compared to what your potential would have been if you had performed and you had not had that illness mm-hmm. um and the same would be so so say for example you'd um you, you know your parents or you'd lost the house or you'd um your dad's been made redundant or something um you definitely would have got a much better score in your um, end-of-year exams if that hadn't happened. So giving you some extra points definitely makes sense because they think you would have done much better otherwise. And so your potential for what you can achieve at your university is still um, reflective of that score. I'm a bit sceptical about what this university thinks is across the board the discrimination in the or the disadvantage in the marking that is happening to these um, girls and women at high school that is equivalent to that kind of misfortune. So is it that they are not performing well enough in their exams because they are discriminated against in their classrooms? Are they, um, you know, like is society oppressing them to the extent that they can't get into university? Um, And I question whether that is actually the case because if you look at the entrance population for something like medicine, it's actually almost equal gender-based. So I get the impression that it's not actually that women are not academically performing sufficiently enough to apply for engineering positions at, um, at university. It could just be that they don't want to. Mm. Um, So I think perhaps that they are fixing the wrong problem. And I have concerns when um, affirmative action strategies don't work. So, So some of the repercussions of this could be that 
any women who do actually get into this course will either be ostracized by their peers, by their male peers, and they'll either be like um, assumed to be less capable, even if they actually did meet the general requirements. Or, on the other case, they may actually have gotten... So there may be like a handful of people who were actually on the cusp of not getting in. And I worry about that because engineering is quite a um, demanding degree and about it, at least in my entrance or in my cohort, about a third of people dropped out anyway. So what will probably happen is that the lowest scoring people often are the ones who dropped out. So you'll just end up with more women dropping out of engineering, which, I mean, might look good statistically, but is not actually going to produce more women engineers. Mm. Yeah. So I was having a chat with um, Jo, who edits my yep. podcast, just before we had a little catch-up at the dessert festival. Oh. Mm, yum. Um, yeah, and we were chatting about it. And, yeah, so we were saying that maybe um, – like, is there a lineup of women who are bashing down the uni's door saying, we want to be in this degree, we want to be, but we don't make the, the cut? Or are they just going, oh, we don't have, we need to balance mm. out the male-female yeah. ratio here? Um, and Joe made a good point that it's maybe the wrong issue that they're addressing. It maybe it should be why women who are capable of doing these degrees, not necessarily just yep. these, but looking at all degrees yes. and why the women who are capable are not getting into them. So in um in undergraduate enrolments in Australia, you actually have more women enrolling than men for a start. So women are actually quite enthusiastic about higher education. So you're already like you've already got this captive audience of people who are willing to learn and there's an opportunity to funnel them in. Mm. And you and it appears in the sort of statistics that um there's actually a very high number of women in the health education sector which is a science-based sector so is it that women who are perhaps not exceptional at science but who are interested in science are being funneled into say nursing degrees or education degrees um instead of perhaps the the men who are interested in science but perhaps not exceptional people just giving them a slap on the back and saying don't worry buddy you'll get there you're just a bit of hard work Mm. um and becoming sort of average to mediocre engineers whereas the women who do engineering tend to be um on the higher end because it is um because it is a challenge to be a woman in a, a field where you're not the majority, perhaps it's not worth all of the trouble if you're not going to be a superstar. Mm. 
Well, um, Joe was making a good point too that, and how you were saying that maybe they're funneled into nursing and instead of the engineering. Yeah, it's um, like are the women who are capable? Yeah, going and women are just naturally nurturing. Yes, that's just how women are. Yes, and so are men. But you know, it does seem that. Men and women are just have different interests. Well, so that's another question. Is it actually a problem mm. that there are no women in engineering? Um, and so if you look at something like the concept of wage gap, if you remove things like um, the kind of like victim blamey style parts of wage gap which are women keep taking career breaks to have children and they don't have enough super because of their uteruses and that sort of rhetoric um that are things to do with wage gap and lower earnings that our society doesn't value um careers that involve caring and nurturing enough is that is that actually the problem maybe engineering is actually awful and maybe clever women don't want to do it like i don't i don't know if that is actually the question yeah but i think it's just different interests like everyone has different interests yeah it's more if if someone's tossing up oh i could do this degree or i could do that degree then it's um what are their way? What are their prospective job? Yeah, um, jobs in the future. So, like the reason that, um, from an employee uh, point of view or like an industry point of view, um, people value diversity because you like to get lots of people's opinions, and um, the more balanced things are, the sort of nicer environments are. So, it is valuable for engineering to have women, but. Is it valuable for women to be in engineering? Is mm. a different question. That's right, and especially if it's not a, um, if it's not the kind of place that offers flexible working and that kind of thing, because women are generally burdened with things like being caregivers to either parents or like aging parents or children, um, or even if you. You know, like even if you only have a dog, it 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 will often be the emotional labor of okay, I have to go home now because the dog needs to be fed before seven, otherwise he's going to chew the couch to pieces. <laughs> like mm. even if you have, um, it, it still somebody is going to be bearing more um more domestic responsibility in a heteronormative situation and it may fall to a woman and maybe some careers are not set up that way. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, well, one thing when I heard it, I thought, well, how would I feel if, if I was a man or a male wanting to get into that course and you, you did qualify to get into it. Yeah. Like you, that's, um, that would be pretty disheartening. Yeah. That, and then 
Where does this end? If it well, imagine if it went to medicine, I would not. I want the smartest person. I don't care what yeah. gender they are. But if I go to the doctor, I want to know. It, it's about determining person. like somebody's potential. So if um, so if you were doing that thing where they're giving people extra points because they've had special consideration then it may not be so bad so like if you're worried about if we talk about like the your parents have been made redundant situation it it's not concerning to have somebody um who has experienced hardship but got through it enter into that course because despite not having the privilege of having a normal upbringing and having money and going to a private school, they're still done okay. And the university has recognized that they still have the potential to be able to do the course. So like pragmatically, you you would probably be able to argue that if this person can actually get through the course, then they are just as qualified as anyone else. Um, and it's the way of like understanding people's privilege and how that translates to their, um, value and skills. Mm. So, so like, have you ever (laughs) seen that, um, YouTube clip of the people doing the running race and they say, okay, everybody, everybody's at the starting line. And they say, okay, everybody who has, yeah, everybody who's got like two parents, step forward. Everybody who's finished high school, step forward. And so like, do you want a fast runner or do you want someone who started close to the finish line? And it, it kind of depends like what, like what you're trying to reward mm. in your society. Yeah. Because both of those people will cross the finish line. But if you talk about medicine, is it better to have a fast-running doctor or is it better to have a doctor who just started closer to the finish line? Maybe it's actually better to have a doctor who's better at running. Thank you for listening and I hope you really enjoyed this week's tale. Let me now invite you to pop over to our Facebook group called Pink Sheep Tales Podcast and there you can stay up to date with all the exciting news from our pink sheep. You can also find myself at OCD, Organising, Cleaning and Decluttering Specialists on Facebook or on my website ocdpro.com.au. Well, I'll catch you back here next week. Until then, enjoy yourself.